2: This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service, like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating.
0: This is Lou Ludor. You're listening to the Uncontested.
1: What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, brought to you tonight by Untuckit.com. There's three of us here tonight. You've got me, Jacob, and I'm joined by both Taylor and Justin. Gentlemen, how's it going?
2: It's going really, really well. That was a so fun one. good.
1: We are recording this Sunday night, December 29th. The Thunder have just defeated the Toronto Raptors, 98-97. We're going to break that down for you tonight, talk about some major Thunder themes, and With the end of the decade here, we're going to take a look back at some of the best moments of the decade for the NBA and for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So it should be a really fun episode. We're really excited to bring this to you. Uh, Again, before we get started, make sure that you subscribe to us wherever you download your podcasts at. We're on pretty much every podcast platform now. While you're there, leave a five-star rating. You can follow us on social media as well. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can follow the Blue Wire Podcast Network, which has a ton of great NBA pods at Blue Wire Pods on Twitter as well. Uh, so, gentlemen, Thunder versus Toronto Raptors north of the border, a homecoming of sorts for Shea, for Lou Dort, the Lou Tang clan, the guy in our intro. Woo-hoo. They Sweet come away Lou. with another win, 98 to 97. And the Thunder were shorthanded no Gallo, no Schroeder. No Diallo. Uh, you could say the same thing for Toronto with no Pascal Siakam, no Norman Powell, no Mark Gasol. So both teams a little shorthanded, but the Thunder come in and and get another really good, hard-fought road win. Uh, their third, their yeah, third game in four nights. Uh, their second win in a row puts them at six of their last seven. Taylor, what did you think about this game tonight? You're the one who tweeted from the account tonight. So kind of what are your overall thoughts of the Thunders game up in Toronto? What did you see? What did you like? What did you not like? Um, just, just hit us with whatever you
2: got, man. Yeah, so this was it was another really fun game. And I've said this a lot this season because this is just a really fun team. <laughs> they, they've had a lot of these close games, which just makes it super – I mean, it might not be good for my blood pressure, but <laughs> it sure is fun to cover. Um, and so I think there was a lot of positives – positives that stood out with some negatives as well. Um, the first two that immediately come to my mind are SGA tied his career high yet again back home, um, just had some incredible plays. Should have had way more than that career high, honestly. Exactly. I, I tweeted, I think, in the third quarter, and I fully expected him to go for 40 tonight. And he, yeah. That's the thing he easily could have. But, you know, Billy takes him out for a little bit of rest in the third. He comes back in um, a, a little over midway through the fourth, and – Chris Paul kind of had it going there. He was looking for for Nerlens and some players down low, so that kind of took away from Shea getting the ball. Um, but Shea just played a phenomenal game on both ends, which is exciting. I think Kamiar me, mentioned that in his post game for the Charlotte post game uh, a couple nights ago because Shea played great defensively then as well. But tonight he was getting deflections, he was getting steals, and then you have another young player. Uh, I'm just going to do a quick overview because I know we probably want to dive into some of these themes, but Baisley. I thought he played great on both ends as well. Defensively, uh, he was finally found his, his three-point stroke from outside. He was getting great rebounds. Probably my favorite Basley game of the entire season. You have guys like Lou Dort stepping up, getting some critical uh, clutch or clutch time moments or uh, minutes where at tr- least relying on him to, to play defense against some of the, the best players on, to, on Toronto's team, such as Fred Van, Van Fleet, and he did a great job defending them. Um,
3: I know Jacob. You had a tweet specifically about his defense and Ferg's defense, and like they're locking people up. Like the third up, to last and possession, it's I think. Super impressive. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That so the end of this game was just god awful, ugly. The Thunder like four straight turnovers, and Toronto couldn't get a bucket. But down there in crunch time, with I think under a minute to go, yeah, Billy subs Dort in uh, for Nader. Thank yeah, God. Uh, yeah, for Nader Dort guarded. Kyle Lowry, I think, while Ferguson guarded Fred Van Vliet. And, man, like, for those of you listening, if you can go back and watch a replay of the game or whatever, just go back and watch that defensive possession. Holy shit. Like, they put them in the damn torture chamber. It was like an Mm -hmm. Iron Maiden. Put them through the ring, literally.
2: I mean, Ferg
1: was, was guarding Van Vliet and, like, Saw that the screen was coming, so Ferg like scooted up into Van Vliet's pocket and like got on the side of him to force him to go baseline because he wasn't going to let him come back to the top over the screen. Neither of those guys could get past like 20 feet from the rim, and it ended up with one of them taking a really shitty contested, like top of the key three that missed badly. It was I mean, phenomenal defense, like literally the, just the torture chamber. Like they had no chance of of getting through anything. It like, I'm like legitimately like giddy about that play. Cause it it just, it got me so damn excited. I was like, Holy shit. What do you do with this?
3: Right. How do you get past these two guys? Well, I know we've talked about it a lot, but like dorts, just physical frame makes him so instantly NBA ready. But yeah. when you see him perform on defense, it goes so much beyond just like physical attributes, but also like footwork and awareness and all those things are also at a pretty high level yeah. for an undrafted rookie. His, exactly.
1: his feet are constantly in motion. Like for such a thick bodied dude, he can get skinny through screens. So like he's almost at Ferguson level of getting skinny through screens. Mm-hmm. And he's an undrafted rookie who's 20 years old. And he's got like forty pounds on Ferg, not really forty, probably like twenty five. But still, <laughs> but he's still. built like a he's built like a damn linebacker. Yeah, he's a monster. It's, it's impressive. It's but, really impressive. And he, and he, he
2: doesn't have to be, be taught how to walk. Wait, sorry, Justin, go ahead.
3: <laughs> I said
1: Andy doesn't have to be taught how to walk.
2: Yeah. Like <laughs> no kidding, Simon. <laughs> but but
1: Taylor, you mentioned Shay, uh, and I want to go back there real quick because the first quarter tonight, I honestly believe. From a holistic standpoint, as far as a basketball game, defending, shooting, passing, decision making, moving of on the court, thunder. might be his best quarter of his Thunder tenure. Yep, he exactly. was. I think he had eight points on three of three shooting. Uh, he had an assist, which was a just a stupid gorgeous wraparound pass to nerlands He had a steal. He moved his feet really well and stayed in front of his man defensively. He just he kind of had the all around package going in that first quarter, and then the second quarter he he really kind of exploded. Went for twelve points in that quarter, uh, including just that that walk in three that confidence. Just, oh oh my gosh. boy,
2: and that's what that's what we've been what we've been talking on here um, for for the defense to respect Shea um, and to open up the driving lanes again for Shea he's going to have to take some of those three-point shots which he did tonight he did a, a, the perfect balance and um, when he's making those threes like he was in the first half it just opens up the lanes entirely for him to be able to go down and create and finish around the rim that's exactly what he did but he wasn't just relying on or just forcing shots you know when he's driving or trying to draw fouls but he was making the right pass each time as well there's some passes to Steven um, some passes to Baisley to others down low that were just incredible beautiful passes and that's the, I, it was a perfect balance of what we want to see from Shea. And I, I couldn't be more excited about the game that he had tonight. Um, and like you said, Jacob, specifically that first half was just incredible.
1: It was, it was really, really fun to watch. Um, another guy that you mentioned that we, we got to talk about because we are seeing, I think, literally seeing growth in front of our eyes is Darius Baisley. Dude,
3: Unreal. His just overall awareness on the court, I feel like has increased so much from where he yep. was at the beginning ends. of the season. So true. And like just just smart decision making. And a lot of that is, shouldn't be surprising, but I think what's surprising to me is like how quickly it's changed. You expect a young guy to make some, some mistakes, uh, a rookie to not be totally on point but there were so many possessions tonight where he just kept making the right decision over and over and that's super encouraging especially for a 19 year old rookie
1: who's who's hitting his threes you don't expect a 19 year old rookie who's hitting his threes to make the right read and to move the ball you expect him to put that thing up you know and and I don't know it just shows a level of maturity from him uh, to to, to play like that you know I, I think he's He's very mature and he's a very high IQ player. Actually, kind of funny. He's playing against a former Thunder power forward who had a very, very low basketball IQ tonight. Uh, <laughs> and Serge, Serge Ibaka, like Darius Baisley. I love Serge Ibaka. I'm, I'm not saying Baisley is a better player than Ibaka, but That's I'm saying as far as cer- <laughs> as far as cerebrally, <laughs> he is so much farther ahead than Ibaka maybe ever has been in his career as far as reads and decision-making and IQ and ability to put the ball on the floor. It's really impressive. Like What impressed me more tonight than the 4 of 7 shooting was the fundamentally sound and disciplined defense and the the, the catch the ball at the three-point line, jab step, dribble the other way, take two dribbles and make a
2: pass to the next guy. I mean, we were just talking about this, what, like a week ago? I think it was some games last week where his defense wasn't looking this great. He was, you know, he was jumping on pump fakes and was biting on the pump fakes. And that was something that Chris Paul mentioned in some of his post game interviews about how he had talked to Basley about staying down. And he, yeah, he, actually, he Chris tell, Paul said, said this at
1: whenever I was at Thunder practice. Uh, oh, shameless that, that's plug. what it was. Humble brag. Not yeah. <laughs> um, a <atta> boy. <laughs> he said, Hair flip. Yeah, he <laughs> said, You talk to Baisley now, he'll be the one to tell you, be a second jumper which means you don't leave the floor until the offensive player leaves the floor first. Yep. Right. Because if you leave the floor first, you're, you're going to, they're going to draw a foul on you. So you always be the second jumper. And Chris has said, we've been pushing that on him
2: and, and you can see it starting to click. And, the, and just, it, I think it just goes to his basketball IQ that we keep talking about that. He's able to absorb all of that and put that into, into action um, and put that onto the floor and to practice, you know, It's so quickly because that's literally something that he's, I mean, not, not to say that he's not going to continue to struggle with that off and on throughout the season. He's a rookie, but the fact that he was able to absorb all that and to learn that and to really focus and hone in on that, um, so young and so quickly, I think it's just really promising. And then speaking of his defense, the rebounding really stuck out to me as well. He has some monster rebounds tonight, um, and for for his size and for his age, that's that's really promising.
1: Yeah, his his length allows him to get some rebounds. He also got yammed on tonight, so <laughs> he did get yammed on. <laughs> this is on. true. I uh, think well- it's. Sorry, go well, ahead. I was going to add one thing, and that's,
3: you know, it's it's up and down. It's it, We've talked about it with a lot of the young guys. They're going to have stretches where they just make you kind of say, like, holy crap, like, what is this guy's ceiling? And then they're going to have moments where they come back to Earth. And I think that's important to remember when you have a night like this from Baisley or whoever, Right. that it's impressive, uh, it's Gort. exciting, it shows <laughs> off some of what their ceiling is, but there's also going to be a night that leaves you scratching your head and... You need to be you need to be okay with that to kind of find the middle ground between
1: those. One hundred percent. And and I see that a, a lot pooper. more. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I see that a lot more with Lou because Lou this year reminds me so much of Diallo last year in the sense yeah. that he can defend well. Uh he's a physical freak, but the offense just isn't there. And we saw last year Diallo basically lost a spot in the rotation because opposing teams will just ignore him on the offensive end. Yeah. And I'm afraid that might be coming for Lou as well because he has not shot the ball well. It's something he's got to work on and get better at. But he does cut really well. Um, Lou, if somebody gets the ball and somebody doubles or his man is looking the other way, Lou is a very, very good cutter. I mean, his one basket that he had tonight was on a baseline cut where, of all guys, Kevin Hervey hits him with a pass and, and he gets, gets the defender up in the air and, and draws the, the and one but i I do think that the, these highs and lows this ebb and flow uh is is gonna happen with all the young guys I think you're gonna see it I mean I think people get really high on dort and rightfully so he's a freak defensively he's really really freaking good I tweeted tonight he's locked up like legitimately like played really solid defense on guys like dame on CJ mm-hmm. on on um what did I Donovan Mitchell uh, tonight on Kyle Lowry on Van Vliet. Uh he's he's been really really impressive,
2: and Billy brought him in um, to to close the game. Uh, yeah, about a showing you that confidence in him, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: But but offensively, I think, you know, if he were to get rotational minutes on a night, nightly basis, uh, you would see those ebbs and flows
2: a lot harder, like Justin was talking about. Yep, that's a really good point. And also, Agreed. you mentioned Diallo, Jacob. Like, it's going to be extremely interesting to see how Billy starts balancing lineups once Diallo is back and healthy, hopefully here within a week or so. Um, And just kind of seeing who gets playing time and and how all that kind of comes together. But just really quickly, because I know we have a little bit of time here before we move on, but Kevin Hervey, you mentioned his name. He had seven first-half minutes, or he had seven minutes the entire game. They were all in the first half. He played a good majority of the first and second quarter, uh, it felt like at least, and didn't see the floor again. But I mention all that because Mascala was the only player, the only healthy active player on the Thunder roster tonight who did not get any minutes at all. I it's kind of wild considering that Sam Presti flew up to his house. And right? knocked on his door at midnight of free agency. Exactly.
1: Hey, you exactly. want to come ride my bench? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds, without context, that sounds that sexual. Sounds really, I apologize. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you uh... never. <laughs> Anyways, Imagine pressed, that out, Sam Presti asking you that. <laughs> Might make me a little uh, bit uncomfortable. Excuse me, sir. Could
3: you repeat that? <laughs> One more Anything time. Anything for you, Presti? <laughs> Whenever I hear about Presti like, going up to Mescalas house, all I think about is the time that uh, Jim Harbaugh spent the night at a recruit's house. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> Jim think, Harbaugh's a weird dude. Do man. you think Mescala would dude. make... Presty like a cot or throw a sheet on the couch. <laughs> the probably water. made him, him a little blanket. Like,
2: yeah, there you go.
3: <laughs> He's got like uh, a, a love sack, like one of those big <laughs> bean bags in the corner.
1: Oh, 100%. Dude, fun 100%. fact,
3: we're going to get down the rabbit hole here. Uh, <laughs> back when the Hornets were in Oklahoma City and we were treated to the spectacle that is Birdman, the I had Birdman. A, a friend that worked at the love sack store in the mall. What is that? And he, you don't know what a love sack is.
1: I have some guesses.
3: I'll say for everybody that, and just tell you, it's like these. They're like these gigantic bean bags. Like, okay, they're like the size of a couch, but it's oh, a wow. giant bean bag. Anyway, there used to be a store at. Uh, I think and of all Mall. things, they decided to name it a love sack. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, anyway. So he worked at the love sack store and Birdman came in one day and bought like a buttload of love sacks <laughs> and <laughs> nothing. made And it was like, thing. I think it was like a month later that he got suspended and nothing's ever made more sense to me. <laughs> that is awesome. He probably thought
1: it was the dime sack store. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Uh, all right. Well guys, um, good. Any more thoughts on this
2: Thunder-Toronto game before we move on to, to a few more things? Not necessarily, except I think this might be a good transition piece. Um, Terrence Ferguson, and not just tonight, mm-hmm. but over the past couple of weeks particularly, I think, he continues to play solid defense. Um, there's nights where he has stellar defense defensive performances that we rave about, and then there's nights where it's just kind of – he was there. But offensively, I mean, he's – almost becoming a detriment to the team. Uh, we actually had a Twitter question here about that, and it was from Dean at underscore Boomer6. He said, maybe the Ferguson experiment has ran its course. Don't get me wrong, his defense is solid, but when it comes to offense, he's a passenger. And he also mentioned, can we wave Robinson? <laughs> but that's a uh, side question. So I'm curious, just to your guys' thoughts on Ferguson and uh, his offensive struggles, that have really kind of bled into two different seasons now.
1: Yeah, I, I think we've we've talked about it a little bit, Taylor. I think you and I talked about it on a post game uh, just a few days Last ago. Week. Yep. That. Yep. So I will say tonight, and maybe it was just because of of guys being out. I did think Ferguson tonight played a much more aggressive offensive game. He he True. probably put the ball on the ground and went to the hoop and made plays. There was a play in the first quarter that. Would have been an incredible play had Adams finished it. Exactly. But Ferguson been, caught yeah. it on the wing, put it on the on the floor, drove to the basket, and had like a, a, a little no look. As soon as the big man rotated, little no look righty uh, off the bounce, kind of pass to Adams right underneath the hoop, and Adams just smoked the bunny. Like it was just just an awful awful layup that he missed. But I, I, he was more aggressive tonight. I agree with this though. I I don't think. Ferguson is a bad offensive player. I think he can shoot the ball, but think back to his rookie year that coming out game he had out against the Lakers in LA. It's a completely different player. That feels player. like a completely different mm-hmm. player. Exactly. He, he, because the Ferguson yeah. now is so timid offensively. There's just there's no aggression like he might be a better jumper than Hamadou Diallo. Like legitimately, he might be a better leaper than Diallo. But you never yep. see Ferg utilize that explosiveness
2: offensively like you see Homie do. Exactly. That's a good point. Exactly. No, I, I agree with that entirely.
3: Which kind of makes it all the more frustrating, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean you you know the tools
1: are there. Yeah. You know, and it, it to me, it just seems like kind of the same thing with Stevens uh Steven Adams. It's almost more of just like a personality thing. So yeah.
2: I I was gonna mention that. And I, I used to say this when we first started the podcast before Dre got hurt. Um, and I honestly I more than anything wish Dre a speedy recovery. Um, I'm just a little pessimistic on if he'll actually be able to come back, uh, like he was prior to his injury, which really, really sucks. All of that to say that prior to that injury though, I felt like Dre was one of the most mental players I would ever seen and I say ever seen, but it just at least watching the thunder. And it's really strange that uh Dre is kind of Ferg's protege or sorry I guess that's the other way around kind of his uh, pupil and that Ferg you know learning from Dre and Dre's been such a great coach for Ferguson uh, while he's been injured and Ferguson's kind of risen to that starting spot he also is such a mental player and what I mean by that is just he relies solely on confidence so if his offensive game is going well his defense is going to be some of the best you'll see all year but when he's missing those shots and when he's disengaged he's going to continue to try and be engaged on defense it's not like he just takes himself out of the game, but he just if he misses that first shot or misses those first two shots he's not going to make the rest of them you know immediately it's going to be an off night for ferguson but if he makes the first one then there's a good chance ferguson's going to have 12 points that game and it just seems like dre was always the same way without the three-point shot you know
3: he needs another sit down meeting with russell Russ. Westbrook. yeah, yeah exactly. exactly Unfortunately, exactly. he can't have that
2: yeah yeah
1: it's uh I hope we can put it together. I I do think he's a valuable NBA player.
2: No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, just There's a lot of teams that would like Ferguson his, right now. I think his
1: hesitation, his lack of aggressiveness defensively, or sorry, offensively, just it, it leaves something to be desired. Because, like Justin said, like you know the tools he has. Well, well and that's what I think makes it tough.
3: Is looking at where the Thunder are at in the timelines and, you know, reposition and replenish and all that kind of stuff. It's, is there going to be a spot for a guy with that big of a hole in his offensive game moving forward? And that's the part that I don't know. Like if he can't get the offensive end figured out, does he still maintain a prominent place on this Thunder roster when they're ready to compete again?
2: Exactly. And that's it's what I was point. wanting to bring up is that tonight at uh, down the stretch, Billy went with Nader over Ferguson. Or I guess, I—I I, sorry, I take that back. I think Ferguson was there with Nader. So never mind. Yeah. The points are relevant. <laughs> well, speaking
1: of Ferg and, and his performance the past few weeks, the Thunder over the past few weeks really have turned a corner, guys. Since Thanksgiving, they're 11-4, and four, including six of their last seven. Uh, they're up to seventh place in the West now. Uh, kind of stuck there at the time being. They're three and a half games up on the Portland Trail Blazers, who are at eighth. And they're three games behind Utah, who are at six. So they're kind of on an island there on their own uh, in the seventh seed. So I want to ask you guys, is the positioning in the West where the Thunder are right now, is this where they're going to end the season at? Or do you think they end higher or lower? Oh, man. Man.
3: I'm going to say lower, but I am – Shocked at where they are right now, so I'll be shocked if they're not lower next year. If that makes sense, or, or not next year, but at the end of the year, um, I I don't know how this team can continue this level of success. Uh, it's been pretty pretty impressive. You see that they're you know basically dominating the NBA since Thanksgiving. Uh, all the stats, like you mentioned, Jacob, and I just I don't know that they can do it for the entire rest of the season. But my my disclaimer on that is I didn't think they'd be able to do it this far, so
2: maybe I don't know that much. That's fair, uh, Justin. My disclaimer, uh, you mentioned disclaimers. <laughs> my disclaimer <laughs> is the trade deadline, right? And yeah. I kind of looking into that and what I expect now, which is completely different, honestly, what I expected coming into the season for, for the Thunder and trade deadline. I will say that the Thunder will be a little lower, but I think they're still going to make the playoffs this year. I think they're going to be in that eighth spot. Um, I think a team like Portland's probably going to make at least one move that will bump them up just enough, um, and things are going to kind of you know fluctuate in between now and obviously the end of the regular season. But the way the Thunder are currently constructed. And then also from things that we've heard and things that we have read from reporters who have talked to other GMs and and scouts who say that the Thunder, uh, there's a good chance that Presti is going to hold on to Gallo, for example, and try and just you know do a sign-in trade or an extension in a trade this summer. That's just a specific example. And also not being able to trade away Chris Paul. Like, only trading away one of Schroeder, Gallo, Nerland, Steven that's still going to be a really good basketball team, just like we saw tonight. The Thunder beat a really good basketball team tonight, even though they were shorthanded, uh, without Gallo and Schroeder. And so I say all of that because I think the Thunder's still going to remain competitive just because of the the youth and the solid foundation they have already. I think they're going to kind of fall in that eighth spot. What are you yeah, thinking, Jacob? So,
1: J- Justin, kind of to, to offer the counterpoint to you, the Thunder, I think, are winning games right now where they're not they're not playing great. Like tonight they shoot 43% from the field, 30% from 3. It's kind of the same story in Charlotte. They haven't had Gallinari for 4 games. They're 3 and 1 in those games. Now are they playing like the the top cream of the crop of the NBA? No, but still it's it seems like they've they've formed an identity. They are playing some people maybe don't think this or don't want to hear this, but I think Billy Donovan is going to get himself an extension here pretty soon. I love because it because he's the a great way. Job. Yeah. The way they're running offense, uh, the way the defense is playing the, the, the mindset of the team. Now, obviously I'm with Taylor on the caveat of if something crazy happens with the trade deadline, then, then all bets are off. But I, I think they can, maybe not sustain like an 11 and 4 percentage, right? Or a 6 out of the last 7 percentage because that would be like... Absurd. You know, that's <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks. Right. But I think they're they're playing well and they're winning... Well, they're winning games where offensively they're still not playing great. They're not hitting open shots. And, and I think... I don't know. They... To me, they've just find, kind of found a groove, it seems. They, they've kind of discovered who they are. They've accepted who they are, and, and they're rolling with it. Now, my my guess would be that Gallo or Schroeder isn't going to be here come uh, mid-February, and that's going to change this team uh, a lot. So we'll we'll see where it ends up. But I uh, I
2: don't know. I kind of think they're going to make the playoffs. And there's just so many Western Conference teams that we expected to be much better, or that had hot starts that we thought would continue, that were legit, that have kind of fallen out. So, for yeah, example, Phoenix, the Kings, Phoenix uh, has fallen out. The Kings have had have gotten hurt by injury, or gotten hurt, <laughs> have gotten um, kind of plagued by the, by the injury bug. Um, yeah. Speaking of, they're about to lose again tonight to. Yeah, uh, oh to boy, Denver. Oh no. Meanwhile, well, Michael Porter Jr.
1: Steal. has 20 points on eight of ten shooting.
2: Can I interest you in one Dennis Shooter and a uh, Gallinari? Uh, <laughs> uh, but then you also have, um, obviously, the Warriors having all their injuries, and the Timberwolves have just been a mess. Also, I read a uh, article today from, I think it's Ethan Strauss on The Athletic, just a quick side note, saying that uh, rival execs at the G League Showcase – I guess it was last week or the week before that, um, have heard that Carl Anthony Towns is not very happy right now in Minnesota, obviously, because they're losing, and that the Warriors are a team who would very much like to try and get in on a uh, cat trade if that were to come to fruition. So, interesting.
1: (laughs) I'm going to file that one under the no-shit file.
2: Right. So is every other team in the NBA. Yeah. Yes. Good point. Exactly. Good point.
1: Um, Okay, guys. A a couple other things real quick before we're done with – Thunder-centric stuff on this podcast. Um, Shea, last six games, 27.3 points, 53.4% from the field, 45% from three. Five Ooh. rebounds, two assists, two steals, and only one
2: turnover per game. One turno- turnover. Oh, my gosh. That's foreign to Thunder fans, and you guys know how much I love Russ.
1: Yep. he's He's got a two-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio, five rebounds, 27 points on some pretty – incredible splits he's he's at well over he's almost at a 55 45 90
2: splits That's over crazy. the last six and then eric horn tweeted this out right after the game but Shea has scored his career high of 32 points for the third of tonight was the third time of five games he scored 32 points three of That's the last nuts. five
0: man.
2: he's
1: got it going man he's he's kind of finding himself and i don't know to me tonight you could just see the confidence exactly you, you could see like he just knew, like I'm that mf'er. I'm that I dude. Feel like stop me.
3: I feel like a lot of it was like the Canadian homecoming. Yeah, You kind of see it post game and yep. Chris Paul kind of you know poked fun at it. But like I think I think that was real. I think he wanted to to show out for Canada a little bit. Yeah. yeah the, so,
1: uh, the the Thunder broadcast said he purchased 70
2: tickets for tonight. Wow, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Well, and then Chris Paul made a point too in his post game interview. And I'm paraphrasing here. He didn't say this directly or anything, but he mentioned how Shay's family was out there, and you know it, how much how excited Shay's been for this and Lou for this entire game. How they both had this circled on the calendar since training camp. And uh, Chris said, you know, I really want to make a point to go out there after this to go meet his family because I know how much this game meant to him, which I thought was really cool
1: yeah yeah definitely super cool Um, last little tidbit uh, let's not spend a whole lot on this because I don't think no we're gonna talk 30 minutes on this Jacob god damn it Taylor (laughs) Leangelo Ball has signed not with the OKC Thunder (laughs) not with the
2: OKC Blue but with the OKC Blue practice practice squad anything to read into it guys yeah, LaMelo's coming to OKC. Presti's going to draft him. He's, he's playing trade the out long game. The- <laughs> Genius is what it is. It is I think it's, what's it's, happened is
1: Presti and Lavar are just really good friends, and he's doing his, his homeboy a favor.
2: Yeah, there you go. I like it. That seems feasible. No, it's yep. it's really interesting um, <laughs> because the Thunder have been linked to uh, Leangelo in the past. Uh, and which and they found There's a no way Louis Vuitton stores around.
1: in Oklahoma City, is there?
2: <laughs> Let's hope not. That's a good not. question. Better, for better for ramp up sake. security. Why else uh, would he come? that's awesome. Huh? Awesome. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, Reason. I think that's how you pronounce it. R-I-S-S-I-E-N. At Reeson2. He asked, what's everyone's thoughts on LeAngelo joining the Blue as a practice player? Which is kind of, I guess, what we're getting into. But um, I would say the fact that he's coming on as a practice player is just Presty and the Thunder organization to a T. For example, when we were trying to get credentialed to cover Thunder practices and shoot arounds and hopefully eventually games, they made us, aka Jacob, <laughs> go through the Blue Purse, which is what they do with we've heard that with coaches. We've heard that with um you know team personnel in general. And we obviously Thunder players like Lou Dort is it's probably the latest example. Um now they're doing that with Leangelo, and they're so timid with all the outside noise and stuff that I think Presti's just like, Yeah, look, like we get it. You can play. We'd love to see what you're capable of, but you're gonna have to prove yourself after all this craziness. <laughs> so welcome to the practice squad of the OKC Blue. I didn't even know this was
3: a thing. Like, have you guys ever heard of somebody else
2: joining up G League going through squad? this
3: process like a practice only G League well, player? Jacob, I you brought know
2: that... up this point, like, is he even getting paid? 'cause G League players get paid like what 35,000 a year. Yeah.
3: Might as well be
1: a teacher at that point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, um uh Andre's uh, brother down in the G League was with the practice squad until he got bumped up the other night. So, okay. so they they have uh, multiple guys like on on the practice squad, so
3: Interesting. Yeah.
1: It's uh, it's kind of fascinating. So, all right, guys, any more Thunder thoughts before we move on to talk some best of the decade?
2: I'm excited. I'm ready to talk some best of the decade.
1: Awesome. Well, before we talk best of the decade, uh, let's talk about Untuck It. So have you ever seen an untucked button down? They look kind of bad. Well, that's because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked no matter your size or shape untuck it shirts always fall at the perfect perfect untucked length with more than 50 plus fit combinations untuck it shirts look great on tall short slim and athletic guys of all ages you can find your favorite untuck it style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, or too long. And their website is super easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. What's the best fit for you? So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift because you already screwed up and you missed somebody on your list, or you're just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go visit Untuckit.com and use the promo code blue for 20% off at checkout again that's Untuckit.com and use the promo code blue for 20% off
2: i was in Kansas City for a wedding here i guess it was early november I actually came across an untucket store and i can confirm it's actually it's it's really cool in there really cool Did you buy anything? Good stuff. I did not because my wife was – Yeah, no kidding. But my wife, uh, she woke up the next – So we got there like a Friday night after work and stuff. We got into Kansas City kind of late driving from Tulsa, Oklahoma. So about a four-hour drive. And then Summer's like kind of driving down, and and she goes, Taylor, I think it's going to happen again. And what she means by that is like once a year, she's always due when when the temperatures change for her eyes to just swell up and allergies to get awful. So sure enough, Saturday morning, her eyes sw- swelled up, and so she was not in the shopping mood. But I was like, hey, it's Untucket. It. That's one of our sponsors. I want to go look at it. <laughs> Anyways, it, it is really cool in there.
1: Very nice. I haven't been to an Untucket yet, but <laughs> that uh, that ad for flannels, man. I, I'm yeah. kind of getting yep. into some flannels. Flannel Me season. Me too. Me too. So, all right, guys, let's do some best of the decade. The 2010s yes. will be over here in about three days. It's been an awesome decade of basketball. And really so I has. wanted to spend some time as our last weekly podcast before we get to the 2020s, the Roaring Twenties, I wanted to go back and just revisit some of the best moments of the decade. So I've got a list of moments here. Uh, I've actually queued up the videos and the audio that, that accompanies these moments in game. I have five Thunder moments and then five NBA moments. So originally I thought we'd do this like a game and I'd have you guys uh, kind of compete against each other, but then I thought, no, you know what, let's just do, I'm gonna play one of these moments, we're gonna listen to the audio, and then Teamwork. both Taylor and Justin, <laughs> I want you guys to just try to see if you can identify what the moment is, what the game is, um, and then we'll make it really fun. let try to figure out the month and the year that it happened, and then we can just kind of talk Oof. about where we were at when that moment happened, um, what we remember about it, etc. And I figured it'd also be fun for our listeners uh, as they can kind of play along with it as well and see if they can remember these moments. So I've got 10 of them. So we don't want to spend a whole lot of time on each one, uh, but about, you know, a minute or two on on each moment. So let's go ahead and get it fired up. Uh, we're going to start off with a thunder moment. I'll at least give you guys that if it's thunder or league wide. So we're going to start off with our first one is a thunder moment. I'm um, getting the video queued up now. Here we go.
0: On him, their best defender. We'll see how the Thunder play it. Cephalosha will
2: Holy crap,
0: Here is for the crap, Tabo.
2: All right, any
1: clue oh in the gosh. moment?
2: Um, Oh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say playoffs.
1: I'll give you a hint. Mavs? Yes, the Mavs.
2: Oh, good. Good guess. That a boy, yeah. Justin. Justin, good can you
1: can you guys guess the the month and the year? April
3: 2012. 12? 13?
1: So
2: eight years 14? ago. 2011.
1: 2011, okay. To the day, December 29th.
2: Wow. Oh wow. That's pretty very, crazy.
1: Very, very well, not early season game, but about mid season game. Uh Kevin Durant with Sean Marion on him catches that that pass from Taubo, that out of bounds pass, curls, Dude. buries the okay. three. Do you guys you guys remember I, that moment? What do yes, you what do you remember because about it? This
3: is what I remember about it. It was on my time hop this morning. Oh <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> it just clicked as soon that as you is said that. Perfect. Um I <laughs> I, I remember watching it uh, at my in law's house. We were there for Christmas, and so we were watching it. And my I'm sorry, father in law. My father in law provides excellent in game commentary. <laughs> of course. and he said something about uh, they were on him like stink on manure. And Katie just hit it anyway. And I had stink tweeted about manure. it. And so that's what I remember. Heck yes, that's awesome.
2: <laughs> that is awesome. That's really
3: funny.
1: Very cool. Um okay, let's go on to moment number two. This one's gonna be a league wide moment. Uh, so queuing up the video now, and here we oh, this is such a fun yeah, one.
0: Of the inbounder here if you're it's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's the best call. They both did at the same time. That's last year's playoffs. Uh, it was what was a game six? I believe? Seven? He just said game oh, seven, I wasn't getting, bro. Oh, sorry, I, I missed that. Yeah, sorry, I wasn't paying attention <laughs> to that part. Kawhi hits the uh, corner three. It was a shooter's roll. Bounces on the rim like twice. Be aware of-
1: I want to listen to it one more time because listen, you can hear the ball. Yes, bouncing
2: on, on the rim, rim like two or three different
0: times. Here, here we go. Is this the dagger?
2: One, two, three drops. So good. That's so crazy. And I love how they both. So actually, uh, NBA's Twitter account, official Twitter account, had like the top buzzer beaters of the decade. And so that was actually, I I think I watched that yesterday. And I just, I love it so much. That was such a great call. They did a great job there. Oh, yeah. Did you
3: see what they did, Toronto did for Kawhi's return where they like, yes, the footsteps. That was so cool. That was so cool. Yep.
2: So cool. Uh, You guys, you guys watch that game live? I did actually watch that game live. I did.
3: Um, I think I watched that part of
1: it live.
2: I was going to say, I didn't watch the whole, I the whole yeah, game. Yeah, right, right. Very good. All right, uh, next
1: one. We're going back to um, Thunder Memories. Uh, okay. tr- 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 hold on, sorry. I got to get it re Apologize, bad podcasting. <laughs> oh, this is a fun one, though. Here we go.
0: Shows from the basketball. Goes to the yeah. And sticks the
1: dagger into the Rockets. Well, you know what I'm going
3: to say.
0: That was,
1: that was nasty. That was nasty. That was nasty. Do you guys want it again? Hear it one more time so you can see if you can identify I, it. I have a
3: guess. Go for it. Is that the one where he went up and dunked it over
2: No, Capella, Capella? that's not it. That's not. That, I've seen that, that is that not oh, it.
3: Is? That's it. It is
1: what? Westbrook yes. dunk seals the victory versus the Rockets. Oh, um, that was that his MVP
2: season month and year. Any guess? Um, that would have been November. Uh huh. Yeah, November of uh, his MVP season, which would have been three seasons ago, so 2016. November 2016. 15? Good job, Taylor. Oh, yes, I didn't think it was the dunk because I swore they would have said that in the um, in the uh. Brock or the, uh, the broadcast. I, I, but still that's a, huh.
1: That was a, that was a hell of a play, man. He just cuts and just, Capella. you know, the smart thing was just to pull so the ball out, out dribble it, get fouled, um, play the long game. Westbrook doesn't obey your rules. <laughs> <laughs> just go and game that bitch on Capella's head. That's a fun
2: one. Um, that's a really any other, any one.
1: other reminiscing, any other memories on that one before we move on? It was
2: just, it, it, Just like kind of embodies that entire season. Just so rewarding for us Thunder fans, you know? Definitely. Just Russ
1: going 100 all season. Uh, All right, the next one, another NBA wide moment. Here we go. Oh, sorry.
0: has a timeout. Lillard, a chance to send the Thunder home.
2: Boo. (laughs) Lillard,
0: long range three, and it's good. at the buzzer, Are you kidding me?
2: Yeah, that was last year in April. <laughs> that's when Danny waved goodbye.
3: I don't remember that at all. Yeah,
2: I, actually, that's really funny. I don't remember that game. <laughs> Sorry about that one. You big jerk. Hey, that was a huge moment. No, that was a. I
3: guess. And it. it here's literally a ended ten. a phrase. maybe
2: even. <laughs> An even bigger moment than we realize uh, like maybe five seasons from now because it could have saved the Thunder from I don't want to say mediocrity because they weren't even you know, they made the playoffs and they continue to make the playoffs. But from the 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 rust era, the um, it, it gave them a fresh start. And I think that they that could be a bigger moment for us Thunder fans specifically five years from now than what yeah. it seems like now. You know?
1: Yeah. So so that's a good point. Whenever that shot goes in. Uh, what were what were your guys' initial feelings <laughs> like? Anger, sadness,
2: relief. Like what was it? I had some anger. I was very angry at first, and then uh, I think still probably anger. I was like, well, you know what? It that needed to happen because nobody's healthy. PG's still not healthy, and whatever. Uh, let's just it, we weren't gonna make it much farther than this. Let's just get healthy and get ready for next season.
3: So uh, I a remember lot of anger. exactly. Exactly what I did. I was standing in my living room and when the games get stressful, I can't sit. So I was standing, uh, I was getting closer and closer to the TV and I was like pulling on the drawstring of my shorts really tightly. And then the second the shot went in, I just like keeled over backwards, like flat on my
2: back on the ground. (laughs) And I think I just stared at the ceiling for like five minutes. So I I popped (laughs) down on my couch and just like stared in disbelief. And just was like just trying to process it. Like I, I mentioned, me processing it. That was what I was processing. But I did something similar. Just flopped right back down on the couch and just stared.
1: <laughs> I was like, was that, so... uh, that you know, that gif of Mark Cuban at the Thunder game where the Mavs are getting their asses yes. kicked. And he's just got his arms yes. crossed and he mouths the F word. <laughs> yep. That was me. <laughs> that
3: game was just, that game, that whole game was so exhausting. Exactly. Yeah. It was. And it felt
1: like, Okay, if they're if Russ was going off, Dame couldn't miss a damn shot.
3: But like I still knew I still felt like the series was over, even if the Thunder won that game. Yeah. Like I I didn't expect OKC to win the series, but for some reason that moment still just like stunned me. Yep. Yep.
1: I'm with you. All right, let's move on and stop talking about heartbreak. (laughs) Uh, another Thunder moment. Here we go.
0: Down one, have a timeout. They're not going to use it. George with five. George drives over Gobert. It's gone with eight tenths of a oh second left to give the Thunder a one point lead. Timeout, Utah. MVP caliber shot by an MVP candidate. Split in the doubles and then over one of the best shot blockers in the league. Rainbows that one in to give. The Thunder, the advantage.
2: That was a Paul George floater, game winner over Gobert last season. Was that early March or was it late February?
1: Late February. right? It's the first game after the trade deadline.
2: Yeah, First game Um, after All-Star break. Boom. That was one of the most fun games of the entire season. That was a blast. That was like
3: the last time we had fun as Thunder fans. That game and the 76ers
2: (laughs) buzzer beater uh, that PG had last year. Or yes. two of the yellows I've allowed in my so we've had this rental or we've been renting this current house down on uh, Brookside in Tulsa for like I guess almost two years now and those two times were the loudest I've yelled in my living room to date. <laughs>
1: that was a that was a hell of a game and a hell of a shot. I don't know if you guys remember the only reason that game went to overtime was because of a corner three by
2: who? Oh shoot, uh, Terrace Ferguson. Abdul Nader. Oh, that was Nader 3. I remember that now. Good call.
1: I should have known that. <laughs> Amazing. It was good. Um good Okay, next moment is a league-wide moment. Here we go. Oh, what a good one.
0: Should the Spurs foul? Should Miami go for the 3 right away? Oh, I already He's know what it is. He's the basket. James catches, puts up a 3. Won't go! Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History point remaining Spurs do not have a timeout, but the officials are going to review the scene if Allen was behind the line.
2: Ray Allen saved the series for Miami, led to a yep. championship ring. That was God, that, that might shot. be the best. Oh, that might be the best um buzzer beater I can think of over the past decade. I mean, that was yeah, incredible.
1: what a damn shot, man. Like for Bosch to get the rebound, for Ray Allen to snag he doesn't even look behind him. He just knows where the three-point line is. He backs yep. up. Incredible, so good, absolutely incredible. Uh, did you guys watch this one live? I did yes. watch this
2: live, and we were actually on vacation uh, with my family, and we were watching it in like a little like pizza parlor place, uh, on, like a, a small like corner TV. And I just remember just everybody in there. There weren't that many people, but we all were just going crazy.
1: Uh, So, I actually didn't see this one live because that summer, that June, I was in class. I took a summer class. I took conversational Spanish as a summer class, and it was a five to eight class. And so, I missed that shot because I was in class. That sucks. (laughs) sucks. Yeah. How awful was that?
3: (laughs) Oh, that sucks. Rough life, man.
1: All right. Next one, another Thunder-centric Moment. Here you go.
0: And secure this victory. Gary Harris is guarding Westbrook. Murray is on Ola Depot. A two would tie it, a three would win it for OKC. Murray, Westbrook to win it. He got it.
1: I didn't realize I got the Denver call Yeah, the that Denver and, and one. The, I know. It's <laughs> I a, historic saying, a historic ending. What a historic story.
2: moment. <laughs> for, for, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I miss
1: that. Davis so there, much.
2: But so much. Just what like, a moment. That might be the thunder dude. moment of the decade. I, 100%. That was phenomenal. Like Taylor said,
1: like that's one of those moments like that epitomizes that whole
3: season. Exactly. Yes.
2: Man, what a
1: like you can't that's storybook. Like you can't script that any better than him the hitting that, that shot in that game at the end of the season, which essentially sealed his MVP and eliminated them his, from
2: the playoffs. Yeah. His tri- trip and double got record, them or his triple double a uh, double average
3: and got them to chant MVP while he eliminated them from the playoffs. So true. Unbelievable
1: was a, a hell of a shot.
2: I mean that shot had no business going in the hoop. What was Brian Davis's call? A uh, historic moment, or was it a, a oh, gosh a historic end to a perfect day yes. or something yes. like that? Oh, just a great perfect call. end to a great historic. Call. Day. That's what it
1: was. What a perfect ending to a historic Historical day. day. Yep, yep. Man, what a play! What a play! <laughs> I remember um, being in my living room, uh, just sitting there. First, I started screaming, and then I just sat there in like disbelief. Like, did that this really dude happen? did not just do this. And then that the image of that will always be tainted with seeing Kyle Singler in that orange jersey (laughs) (laughs) forever Uh, burned in my brain. Speaking of
2: which, Mikey Barrett coming out hot with a uh, slight Ferguson and uh, dude, I saw that singler comparison. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I saw that today. (laughs) Spicy. Okay, so
1: here's what we can do I have two more league wide moments, one more thunder moment. Um, the two league-wide moments are very closely tied together, almost to the point where we could call them one moment. So I'm going to play this league-wide moment, and then we, we can talk for a second, and then I'm going to play the second one, because they, they essentially go together. Perfect. Sound good? Sounds yes. good. Okay, here we go. One more time.
0: Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the left. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James with the rejection.
2: You guys remember it? 2016 NBA Finals. R- yep. LeBron goes down and gets that block on Iggy from behind. The one that goes with it. Incredible. And they
0: are putting Curry in the pick and roll, trying to get him on Irving. Kyrie. Irving and Curry, one on one. Irving puts it up. It's good.
2: Kyrie. Kyrie
0: game
2: winner. Yeah, Man, that was such a fun game.
1: What an incredible game. game. Down 3 1, come back to a game seven in Oracle. Kyrie, I mean, I don't know if people remember, that game bogged down. Like, everyone's buttholes puckered so tight <laughs> at the end of that game. Like, nobody could make a shot. Everything was like super forced and tight. And then Kyrie. Buries that three. LeBron gets the chase down, and then I don't oh, know if man. you guys remember this, but after that chase down and after that three, with about twenty-five or thirty seconds left, LeBron went in and almost threw down the dunk of the ages on
2: Draymond. You remember that? Oh, forgot about that. I completely forgot about that. He ended. Draymond I ended up. It ended up
1: being it. a foul on Draymond, and LeBron went to the line. But that might have been one of the best dunks of all time. I forgot about that. How LeBron got that thing to wow. go. It's a good moment. Uh, you guys That's see awesome. that one live?
2: I I, did. I, say, I, feel like I I definitely did, but I can't remember. I remember,
3: so I was, that was the year. I, I we, we just had our son. I remember because we had game three on in the delivery room of the Thunder Warriors series. <laughs> and uh, watched the Thunder blow that lead to the Warriors <laughs> in a very sleep-deprived state. And I feel like that just uh amplified my emotions and then like didn't even feel like watching the finals after that because I was annoyed and then seeing the Cavaliers go down 3-1 I was even more annoyed because I was like man the Thunder could have beat this team but then when they started coming back by the time we got to that game I was like all in Cavs fan at this oh yeah
1: and (laughs) And little did we know wholeheartedly that the Cavs winning that game literally rewrote history and sent Kevin Durant to Golden State right
2: exactly you know, just exactly. just the the perfect
1: Twisted. the perfect storm. I just looked at right. that
2: potential dunk. That is crazy. There was a ten point seven seconds left when he did that. Yeah, just, he almost ugh, killed that man. That's crazy. All right,
1: last Thunder moment. Uh, this is personally one of my favorite Thunder moments um, of all time. So here we go. Forty seconds
0: to play and the fourth. What to five? Harden for three, yes! Spurs call the time. Oh, my goodness. If you're Kawhi Leonard, you could not have played James Harden any better.
2: Do you I remember that moment? Game six against Western Conference Finals. Against the Spurs, James Harden just exploded and won us that series. Essentially, no, it was Game Five. It was Game Five. Game Five down in, down in yeah. San Antonio. It was the game Four, Game Six, where yeah. they won it. Yeah, it, they, they won it in OKC Game Six, and he went off Game Five in San Antonio, setting up the backdoor sweep. Yep,
1: the 2012 oh, the backdoor man. season. Uh, the ne- yeah, the next game, the Thunder go home, beat the Spurs to make their first and so far only Finals appearance. Um, but that wah, game. Wah. Man, the Thunder went down 0-2 in that series. We all thought it was over. Mm-hmm. They come back. Scott Brooks makes a switch and has Taubo switch over and guard um, Parker. Parker. Yeah, Tony, Tony Parker, Parker and completely switched that series. Thunder take the two games at home. Go back to San Antonio for the absolutely pivotal game five. James Harden hits that massive step back three yep. in Kawhi Leonard's face. With about oh, forty seconds left Kawhi. in the game. Oh,
2: that's even young Kawhi. Yep. So I still say to this day um, that that game six in the peak uh, when they they beat San Antonio, and I went to game one of the NBA Finals as well in OKC, and um, that. Oh, well, see, six, I went to game two.
1: Yeah. The the, the, the no call the at the no end call. on the oh, on the yeah. KD
2: floater. Say, so I got to see the win game one, which is awesome, and still game six um western conference finals against the san antonio spurs and in the peak was the last i've ever heard chesapeake arena and i've been there many times since and that is still the loudest i've ever heard it it wasn't it was like i literally played my ears at one point you could still hear everything it was <laughs> yeah. crazy
1: wild wild game series season season, season i was about was. to say what a season um all right with with those 10 uh, is there any that so it, to our listeners, if there's any that you think I forgot that I should have added, that we should have gone through, uh, please tweet those at us, at the underscore uncontested. For you two, of those 10, which one is your that your biggest, you think the biggest moment um, for the NBA for the decade, or is it a moment that, that we didn't talk about that you think is the biggest moment of the decade? My
3: vote goes to the Cavs-Warriors finals because it led to so many different things that kind of shaped the NBA this decade. Uh, my favorite of which was the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead <laughs> memes. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, my least favorite of which was KD going to Golden State. Uh, but that amongst so many others, it just feels like all the ripple effects that have come out of that series have been massive.
2: I agree completely, and I would pinpoint that even further. The Kyrie shot obviously is huge, but that Kyrie shot doesn't happen unless LeBron gets that block. Um, it, it, there were so many different ways that could have turned out. Either Iggy makes the shot or uh, LeBron fouls Iggy, and like I, just, I still can't believe how that all played out. It, it was a clean, perfect block. It led to uh, the opportunity for the Cavs to win that game, and uh, so I'm going to pinpoint it, I think, to that specific moment where LeBron gets the block on Iggy
1: was a absolutely wonderful moment um i I'll, I'll never forget i was at my parents' house watching that game and kind of like justin said we had just become massive Cavs fans cuz f the dubs and uh <laughs> yeah. you know the the re, the repercussions were things that we could never even imagine you know i i'm watching that thinking man the thunder can can come back next year and and can can run this mm-hmm. thing and uh and just for everything to happen the way it
2: did uh it's kind of wild it what a, went what a ride though. Like, I just remember all this. This is before we started the podcast. And Jacob, like, you and I had been tweeting or something. And I was like, Yeah, I'm about to hop on an airplane. I'm going to miss KD's decision. And I remember, like, right before we were boarding, like, it we were already boarding, but our group hadn't boarded the plane yet. And I ran downstairs to, like, where the Wi Fi was and the, like, by our gate, was able to get Wi Fi, was able to see KD post his article, like, five minutes after it happened, and then just had to get on that plane, just be absolutely depressed. All that to the surprise, like being out at my friend's lake house on July 4th, right before July 4th, the weekend before, and um, the Thunder trading for Paul George. Uh, then the, the, the being at a tailgate for a TU football game, the University of Tulsa football game, and getting the news that they traded for Mello. And then being in a uh, – <laughs> went to the lake again this past 4th of July. with my. <laughs> I've got I, to I gotta stop going to the lake. This is bad. Or <laughs> well, Actually, maybe I should continue because we're going back and <laughs> forth. But uh, – to the news of Paul George being traded at one in the morning, um, you were at the lake for that one too. I was at yeah a different lake, different lake. This is with my wife, this with my in laws. We went to the lake with them over the Fourth uh, up in Branson, Missouri. Good old Branson. But, Good old uh, Christian Las Vegas. Exactly. And then getting the news, but just I say all of this very long winded as a way to say like what a decade it has been, and I guess twelve years now of Thunder basketball between yeah the ups and the downs of Harden, Melo, Paul George, Chris Paul, now SGA. That's three MVPs. Two of those were here in OKC. One Finals appearance, and honestly, it's to the point where it's an anomaly now that if OKC has not made the playoffs, right? Like yeah. it's just an incredible run. Been,
3: just the list of names that Thunder fans have been able to root for of guys that have come in a Thunder uniform this decade is unbelievable. Exactly, so many Hall of Fame. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's incredible. It, it it really is, and it it's fun to you know I think we get caught up in the minutia and the and the moments and and the we're we're so zoomed in on the here and now that sometimes it's really nice just to to take a step back and look at this thing from from thirty thousand feet. And and just look at it holistically and see kind of what all we've gone through and and what we've got to experience with basketball here in this city. Uh, Just great, great stuff. Great stuff. Very true. Um, All right, guys. Anything else before we uh, we start wrapping this bad boy up? I don't think so. Awesome. Well, before we end, as we wrap this podcast up, we always like to do something fun and lighthearted at the end. So I want to know from you two, 2019 is almost coming to an end. We we won't be on a podcast again until 2020. So this past year, best movie, TV show, book, game, album, anything, uh, any any form of pop culture media. Uh, what's the best thing you you've
2: consumed this year, Taylor? Ooh, that's really really tough. Um, so I mentioned this to you guys. I mentioned this on the podcast before. Um, and when I was younger, I like I love I still love to read. I just don't really prioritize it anymore as much as I should. Maybe I should make that a New Year's resolution, speaking of the new year, uh, this coming year. But the one book, uh, one of the books that I did read, one of like the four or five uh, that I really enjoyed that just was one of my favorite books I've ever read was Boomtown by Sam Anderson, who is a New York Times writer. And Thunder fans are probably very uh, well aware of that because he came down here and did a whole bunch on the Thunder. But just... I mentioned this before, like I said, but just the way he's able to kind of parallel the thunder with the rise of OKC as a city in general and all that they've been through, the adversity. He just he really, he really tells the perfect tale. He's able to put it together perfectly. Really enjoyed Boomtown. Um, and then TV shows, obviously Mandalorian's recency bias. That's great. I, you guys definitely need to watch it if you're a Star Wars fan. But uh, Peaky Blinders, the latest season, was really, really great. I'm a huge Peaky Blinders fan. Um, I'm trying to think. A Stranger Things was great. Um, Game of yes. Thrones ending was awful but Game of Thrones <laughs> will forever be one of my favorite uh, TV shows <laughs> but gosh that was a terrible ending even though I think they got to where Torch wanted them to um, yeah that's everything off the top man. of my head I'll let you know if I can think cosine. of anything else <laughs> just co-sign on all of yes them. my man
3: <laughs> uh, I would add uh, let's see I'm gonna add I'm gonna bring some music into yeah, this a good call Ooh. good call an album that I got on vinyl for Christmas is uh, Black Pumas, a fantastic album, probably my favorite of the year. If you haven't uh, listened to that, I highly recommend that. Um, TV show, I'm gonna put Watchmen up there. Watchmen was really good. If you guys haven't watched that, I recommend that as well. Yep. Definitely co-sign Mandalorian and Stranger Things. Um, movie. I'd probably put First Man in that discussion. First Man was
2: great, yes.
3: 1st I'm like a huge space nerd, so that it, it, was right it was in my really wheelhouse.
2: Good. Really good.
3: Um, I got really into Mario Kart this year, but that didn't come out this year, so I don't know <laughs> if that counts. <laughs> but I got it this year.
1: <laughs> um, j- just to tack on some things there, as far as TV shows go, Uh, You guys have pretty much hit everything on the head. I I might have to add um, Chernobyl. The HBO miniseries Chernobyl was was really, really good. Um, I'm also currently watching The Witcher, and it it might have a place up there. It's been really good so far. Agreed. As far as games, I know it didn't come out this year, but I just played it this year, so I'm putting it as one of my top games. But earlier, uh, God, like 10 months ago, my fiance and I uh, spent about a month uh, every day just grinding on Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, and it. I play a lot of yes. video games, and that goes in top three of all time for me. That's and awesome. Then I'm currently playing the the Jedi Fallen Order game, and it, it definitely is one of the best games I've ever played. And so, as far as video games go, I'm going to add those. And then, uh, Boomtown definitely co-signed Boomtown. Uh, it was it was absolutely wonderful. And I think that might be all I got. I can't really think of any Good albums stuff. that came out this year that, that I was, yeah, I was, I was to a think. huge fan of. So
2: it's a shame. <laughs> yeah. I have no to one. go through my Spotify year review. Yeah. Yeah. We'll that. probably, <laughs> we can tweet out some of these things later because there I kind go. of
1: put you guys on the spot for this. So, all right, well guys, let's get out of here. I got some new outro music for us. So, uh, Ooh. Uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Oh, but it's not very long. Um, it's only like an eight second sound clip. So, <laughs> well, there's your outro. <laughs> Bye. No, I'm just playing. Um, so good. Hey, we we coming to the end of the year. Uh, I just want to speak for all of us real quick to say we have absolutely loved this journey of doing this podcast, uh, being involved on social media and just kind of really diving into the Thunder community. You guys have made all of that really what it is for us and and we can't thank you all enough whether you've listened to us since our really shitty first recordings uh, or if you've just recently jumped on in the past month we really appreciate all of you who interact with us who listen to us uh, who reach out to say nice things to us who have left us reviews and ratings Uh, thank you guys so much we have huge plans for 2020 uh, hopefully getting full media access and just doing a lot more with this podcast and really bringing you guys the, the high quality content and the, the really shitty jokes that hopefully you've come to enjoy. So thank you guys so much for following along with us. With that said, here's some of our normal outro music. If you haven't already, make sure you follow us on any of the social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can also find us wherever you download your podcast podcast. We hope you guys had a great holiday and you have a very safe new year. We will have a podcast, a post-game podcast, after the Thunder take on Luca and the Mavs. That will drop probably very early on New Year's Day, January 1st, 2020. Again, thank you guys for all that you've done for the uncontested. We're not going anywhere. We're going to keep grinding on this thing. Have a great week. Have a safe new year, and we will talk to you soon. As always, Thunder Up.